here with Philip Munoz, who is a painter based out of Jamaica Street Artists in Bristol. You've gone from studying biochemistry and now your primary source of income is painting. So that seems like a big jump to me. Yeah. Um, I guess you go back to A-levels where you make some big decisions and uh, it seems sensible to, um, for me to study biology and chemistry. And I threw art in there as this sort of extra fun subject. I should have been maths if you're going to do biochemistry, but uh, yeah, I do hate maths, so that's probably why I ended up not particularly liking biochemistry. Um, and the lab work is mixing colourless liquids together, basically, so that's <laughs> something I didn't... As now, I love colour and I love, you know, physical... Art painting is a physical thing, and it's, you're creating an object, so it's the idea of mixing invisible amounts of liquid together in biochemistry is the opposite of what I want to do now, so... Uh, so yeah. you do see like a bit of a parallel between those two. <sighs> in terms of in investigation art, when you produce anything like a painting or any any physical art, you know, uh, is an investigation into making something into how you react and how you how you do it really. I don't know. Um, so in terms of that being an experiment, and every painting is an experiment because they often fail, and the best things that come out of art are often accidents, the happy accident, which uh, you know, artists especially painters often talk about. So yeah, I, th- I think there's parallels. I think the, the approach to, to science and art is a very similar thing. They're both creative subjects. I mean, people don't realise how creative science is. Every, I think, every great discovery, a lot of them have been made by these sort of creative moments where they've accidentally discovered something. I think that's very similar to the painting process, certainly, I can talk about. I mean, sculpture probably as well. So you feel like you're still experimenting with your... Yeah, I mean, and it's based in technique as well. So that's another thing that you've got. You're trying to balance technique with experimentation. So every time I start new painting, you know, I've got my framework of technique. Um, like if you did a science experiment, you're going you're gonna to start with the same equipment and approach it the same way. And I suppose what you end up with is not what you imagine. Obviously, there's no point doing it. If you discover the same thing again, that's pretty pointless and the same with a with painting if you're going to replicate the same painting again it was pretty pointless to do that do you feel that's how you developed your style through honing in on something from experimentation I think more the technique things thinking working out what I'm good at I'm a bit of a it's difficult obsession versus perfection I think I'm an obsessive person rather than a perfectionist so just working out what I'm best at and working out a technique that will use those abilities the best um, and it ended up being photorealism which is I guess what, how you describe my work because that fits in very well with being a perfectionist doesn't it it does, it is, I do know a lot of photorealists um, a lot of amazing painters better than me and uh, I would say they're perfectionists because they have a very careful manner and they're quite controlled I can actually be very clumsy and quite reckless but through obsession and through repetition and through technique think that's more the way I produce something that seems seems perfect yeah. seems like a sort of perfect way of doing stuff so have you always painted in the photorealistic style um, in a way well I started out when I was much younger I remember some watercolors I did when I was about seven or eight copying you know copying images from wildlife books and they were I guess they were photorealist in the sense that they were done from photos and I tried to make them as realistic as possible. Uh, they're, you know, looking at them now, actually, they're, they're pretty awful. But at the time, I was pretty proud of them. Um, GCSEs, A levels, you go through that stage of 
thinking that the more realistic you get something in a painting you know the better and that is a quite a normal way of approaching painting thinking that the skill element is there you know that you can make something look like like you see in a photo or like you say in real life is is the highest accolade but you know it's not necessarily even in fashion anymore but um i did until about 18 19 20 and then i started to try and you know the term loosening up if any artist any painter uh, you know knows that term which is a hideous term because obviously you know if if your natural inclination is not to be loose don't if you loosen up all you're gonna do is make a mess you know but uh, is that what happened to you yeah I've, I've gone through i've done that i've, I've experimented with you know <coughs> loosening up and making mark making and all that um, yeah, so I did go through an abstract, you know, an abstract phase, messing around with different mediums and different techniques and you know different sizes and things. But I came full circle really uh, after about five or six years of being in the studio, of messing around and doing different things, to a point where I realised that do what you're good at really. I mean, be the best artist that you can be. You know, the best version of yourself, which is probably true in any in any industry or any any sort of job photorealism was in the 60s it was coined in the 60s i think and then um i think it started to be coined uh, called hyperrealism when different techniques were brought in with the, with the airbrush got particularly accurate and uh, yeah so i still t- i like the term photorealism because i mean i do work from photos and i do quite closely allow them to sort of guide me in terms of how I'm painting because you are a ph- photographer as well yeah yeah probably, a pretty you... bad photographer really I guess uh, <laughs> I do like the photography side of it I mean that's something that if I couldn't paint I'd probably have tried to push myself into into doing more photography the, the photography side is very exciting and it's very hit or miss and you know you, you can spend a whole day doing something and by the, the you know, last 10 minutes you get that shot you want and then for me it's going through all those photos and working out which one really captures the moment or the, the photo shoot and particularly with a model it captures who they are and it's definitely about who they are really and I don't ever ask them to look a certain way I'd sort of tend to just let them turn up with how they how they want to be seen and snap away in different lights and then you get a series of images that seem to represent that moment and I tend to work from the single shot but there's a lot of changes that go on you know in between taking that photo and painting it do you paint from your own photos yeah do you, or do you ever have someone sit for a painting or do you do it that yeah. way no well that's the thing isn't it for a portrait painter which again probably going contra- to contradict myself a bit with this but I don't consider myself a portrait painter really they are portraits they are pictures of people but they're definitely not portraits in a typical sense of describing the emotional content which normally a portrait would would have, which would define it as a good portrait, aren't there in my work. But that's not the point of my work. My point is, it's definitely about, it's definitely superficial, and painting is, you know, it's on a surface, it's a, especially with photorealism, it's very thin, it's a very thin veil on, on a surface, but you're creating such illusion of depth, which is the sort of the funny uh, paradigm with, is that the word? With, with hyperrealism. Often it's the thinnest paint surface you can get on any painting, but it's the most, it creates the most depth. How do you choose a subject for your painting? Yeah, I do mainly use, I mean, 90% of the time I'm using my own photos. I have sometimes found, like on Instagram or with other people's photos, they, you know, they put up on Facebook maybe, 
that just look like one of my paintings and I think wow that's that's good and I do tend to know the people so I ask them permission that is quite rare um, but when it fits in with my sort of body of work that it seems to make sense especially if I know the person and they tend to like you know if they're going to give me permission they probably don't mind me painting them it's you know it's flattering I, I'd like to think they're, they're quite flattering the, the portraits have you been aware of anyone using your work to inspire something they've done or use it for any have you had someone contact you say to use it as album artwork or something like that or do you yeah um, have you had your work repurposed in any way a few things you know like artists their students and people on various social media sites ask permission to you know use the images or, or doctor them or use them for something a few of those um, I'm in talks with a uh, an artist a musician in New York at the moment it's been a couple of years and he's having this album come out which is obviously been pushed back and back but yeah he's quite well known um, and he wants me to do a uh, an artwork for his for his album called Hyperrealism, which whenever it comes out, that'll be exciting. So, yeah, would so you that, be alright to name it? Yeah, um, Deaf Tone, I think. Um, no, Tone Deaf. Our flying speed is five hundred and seventy-five miles per hour. Seventy-five miles per hour. Yeah, in your work, you quite often paint uh, subjects who have tattoos. Yeah, and I was yeah. just wondering what you uh, what the influence of tattoos is on your work. Uh, comes down to what what draws my attention it's definitely oh, the tattooing it's, it's a, such a now thing and it has what well, it has been it's almost a bit getting a bit old hat now isn't it really you know who hasn't got a tattoo if you walk into a bar you know if you, if you haven't got a tattoo you're going to be in a minority by a long way um, and I haven't but I'm sort of obsessed with it on I mean obviously it's something very luring it catches the eye and it's something I'm you know, I guess I would be, you know, attracted to people with tattoos. That's definitely a, an attraction thing. But I think it's the idea that they've made such an effort to to alter them. It's such a permanent. It's such a brave, permanent decision. I think that's the credit there. Whether or not it's good or bad, the fact that they've been very bold in the decision, I, I really respect that. And I think that shows a strong character, you know, character and decision making. I think that's that's to be respected. And that's kind of the type of people I'm attracted to. Very strong. Weirdly enough, these people actually aren't, you know, I know they're very feminine and very glamorous, but they're actually very strong people. Mm. And they often are the most sort of, not tough, but, you know, they've got a lot to say about themselves, and I think that's interesting. I think that's appealing visually and sort of psychologically, you know, they are interesting people. So I guess, uh, influence my work, yeah. Yeah, so it's an interesting one. It's an, it's an endless amount of people around, especially in, the, in Bristol and Stokescroft, where we are. Uh, where the studio is I mean every day you go out and there's another person you think wow that's that's another take on individuality and in a unique I mean unique I mean no one's truly unique I guess but well yeah you know they are <laughs> sort of a ironic people are obviously everyone's unique unless you're a twin but you know, what, they're, what they're using piercings tattoos and the fashion nothing is you know going to be entirely original but the combination is unique but and is that commitment to coming off, coming across a certain way, looking a certain way, and consciously thinking about how you physically look? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Like they transform themselves from how they were born? Yeah. I mean, that's a bit of a that phrase. I mean, it's like any artist bio. You know, you'd be a little personal statement. It's always a bit cringing. You know, you have to put something down for galleries, and you know, the buying public want to know a little, not soundbite. You know, whatever the phrase is, a little little thing that sums you up and. Beauty through, through transformation, I guess, is 
does sort of make sense to me that yeah, yeah I find it beautiful I mean you know they're transforming themselves into something that they feel comfortable with you know everyone does it you know everyone leaves the house in a state where they feel this represents them and they're comfortable in their own skin um, maybe it's all you know it's altered so they're, they've transformed themselves into a state where they can go right this is me you know take it or leave it and I find the the women who do go to a lot of effort and transform themselves it's inherently glamorous because it's that by definition it's glamorous and it's I find it attractive and I guess they make you know it's kind of the reason I can spend that long painting them because it is you know it's, it's intriguing it's endlessly intriguing I think it's interesting that you're so interested in something you don't have yourself yeah well it's that's it, it combines with the fact that I'm a a painter who can produce the work and push it out there and say this is you know this is what I do this is what I've made you know do you like it I'm not going to stand in front of it necessarily too long and I don't want to even talk about it too much hence why this is interesting for me now to talk about this uh, it's the first time I've ever really talked about it so but yeah for something I don't I don't have them I'm uh, yeah absolutely fascinated in, in a different life you know it could be something I would have got right into but as an obsessive person I know I wouldn't have stopped at just one so I would have gone down that line I would be you know like like the people I paint which I think is great to look at and I do find it very intriguing but maybe that's it maybe it's it's the person it's the equivalent female of who I would like to be or in a different life that would be a way to go and I respect it and that's the whole point I mean do you think if you got a tattoo yourself it would break the spell yeah Some maybe yeah a little bit yeah a little bit it's like um, I've never done um, life drawing which for a portrait painter or someone who paints people the, the the foundation of any portraiture is drawing and it's in its life drawing it's seeing it in drawing in real life uh, you know viewing something and actually not painting from photos or drawing from photos because that's a 2d image you've got to see it with your own eyes but yeah so maybe that would spoil the you know spoil the illusion it would become i'll become part of the scene rather than being a, a voyeur I'll be speaking with you again from time to time. Thank you. Do you have like a dream commission? Like something you'd love to have your art used for? Used for? Uh, maybe if it appeared, you know, in terms of, you know, in the public arena a bit more, obviously. And that's pretty superficial, isn't it? But Well, I think maybe. it's interesting that you're, you have such a taste for things that are glamorous and yeah. things that... Um, Maybe not status, perhaps, but like the glamorous and the, yeah, um, sort of higher level of. I do, look. I, I do, but I like it. Like, I don't think I'd like to paint someone who was really famous and really well known as being glamorous, because then it, like you'd be it's far too obvious. I like the the everyday. It's the girl you see in the street. You think, wow, she's she's pretty and she's alternative, mm. but she's not a supermodel. She's not a model. She wouldn't. No one I've painted has has been a model, really. They're people I know friends of friends and as soon as you get to that realm where you end up paying people who are sort of you know high end models I think you've lost for me that's lost the interest these you know the interesting thing about these people are they're everyday people who have just made a bit of effort to know you know no little cost tattoos are expensive you know makeup and all this there's a lot of effort gone in, in every way to for them to represent themselves in a in a sort of confident way and I think that's the most attractive thing about them that they are making such an effort like the beautiful the transformation they've gone through is not it's not easy you know like a very naturally glamorous and attractive person is 
it's easier to them, and I don't think I'd necessarily want to to paint them. How do people react when you ask them if you can paint them? Yeah, that's a funny one. Yeah, um, I do tend to sort of try and block out the ones that have gone badly. Yeah, you do ask fifty-fifty. A lot of the people you do talk to who look a certain way, they can either be fairly defensive, although they're very confident on the surface. Um, I think a, I think a lot of them aren't actually that confident in a way. So a lot of people wouldn't like the idea of being painted, although they're very extroverted in terms of their look. I think their personalities are perhaps less so, which is probably the that combination. Maybe they're, you know making up for a lack of confidence I mean this, this sounds bad I don't think any of these people are in any way lesser people because they're not confident but I think that does sometimes happen that they are less confident and they're making up for it but uh, so in that sense those people tend not to want to be painted um, yeah maybe about a third of people end up being interested and of those uh, I might not get the right image so of those I might end up, end up painting about half of those we hope to have you with us again soon have you ever faced scrutiny from critics who accuse you that you're objectifying women yeah uh, I'm not that well known at all really uh, you know in terms of uh, I'm in a fairly good gallery so I think a lot of people have seen the work I think if you become very well known you're going to have a massive amount of people who like you and a mass amount of people who dislike you which is good because if you appeal to everyone that's you know you're going to be Coldplay aren't you or something like that you know. who wants to be Coldplay or you too I mean uh, you know you're better off being someone who people dislike a little bit but yeah I, I, I've had a couple of comments of people saying yeah, this is just you know you're just objectifying women and it's just superficial and it's but I agree I mean I am in a way I am objectifying women but hopefully in a, in a quite tasteful and appealing way you know, I don't. I'm not saying anything about their personalities. I'm not saying anything as a portrait. I'm not describing their life or suggesting any emotional content. Really, in in a way, it's simply a superficial, fleeting moment, and I like that. Because yeah. they're not sexualized in any way or anything like that. Oh, God, so God, I was totally confused through my. Is it? Yeah, probably. You know, it is to a certain extent. There is the attraction. I, I wouldn't is, say there was anything explicitly. No, that's the thing. Them. I mean, they're not explicit. I've, I've purposely never done a nude. I've never done it, shown anything explicit. They're never even that suggestive. They're quite respectful, I think, and that's come through the fact when I photograph someone, I leave them entirely in control of how they pose and how what they wear. They're very confident in how they appear, and that's the attraction for me. Certainly, that that power and the decisiveness and the, the permanence of the tattoos is very, you know, it is very attractive so it's a voyeuristic and quite intense voyeuristic look at that person but I, hopefully it's not too seedy or not too distasteful you know, hopefully, you know it's meant to be a, a fairly hopefully, in, you know, in, the, in years times in 50 years time if, if any of them are around they look back say that that represented a person a type of person of that time which in terms of making your mark in art history, hopefully one or two of these paintings might represent something of the time. You know, when How do you think <coughs> you'd react if someone expressed an interest in painting you because they thought you were interesting to them in some way? Yeah, oh, I can't see how or why. If they legitimately found something in me that was interesting, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that. I'd let them just guide me and just, yeah, I don't know. On that note, I've got a, I'm working on a self portrait, which actually, again, is the first one. I've done 
yeah, I've been putting it off for a while actually thinking, oh, you know. Can you take a photo of you? I've got a friend too, yeah, who I've actually painted as well. So she's a friend, a good photographer. Who's, uh, I sort of said, just, just, just paint, just photograph me, get a, get a shot, give it to me, let me base, base it on that. So I, I, the artwork, when it's produced, will owe a bit to her. It's a collaboration, I guess, like all the, all my paintings are collaborations, really, with the model acting and dressing in the same way and me with the photography side of it that's that's a collaboration and then the painting side is less than me but you know a lot of the a lot of the artistic inputs have already been put in pre pre-painting which is what photorealism photorealism inevitably has to be has to be a a two-stage process in a way but, uh, have you had a, a subject been happy with the photo but not with the painting They've never said it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, but maybe, maybe that sounds arrogant. Uh, yeah, just sort of say, "Are you happy with it?" You know, might based on this image. A lot of the time, they just say, "Yeah, go for it." You know, they're not either not that interested or they just trust me. And I, I won't choose the best photo of them to work from. That's not the point. Uh, yeah, often that it's the photo which captures them in a certain way, which none of us thought about. Neither of us would have thought about. Ends up being a good image to work from. Because you quite often don't even include the subject's face in your paintings. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's capturing that sort of observed, a quiet observer who is not influencing them too much but can capture it. A bit like a Edward Hopper painting, which Hopper was an American artist, 50s, 60s? Oh, God, that's, I might be wrong there, but uh, yeah. He often had, you know, female subjects in a very quiet, uh, solitary setting, in a in a room or in a shop or somewhere where there would be just a moment of contemplation and that that sort of moment at the fly on the wall sort of image definitely appeals to me it's definitely a because there is that thing that with like medieval paintings like a painting of Queen Elizabeth she's saying straightforward because yeah. she's powerful woman yeah, yeah. and that needs to come across in the painting but most women in paintings of that sort of time like hundreds and hundreds of years ago are looking away from yeah. not the camera but the point of view yeah. yeah and that's kind of shows that they're a subject of the painting rather than yeah, yeah. I also probably just think about it maybe illustrates a slight subservience to the, the painter the, the professional man who was the you know as a as a profession I guess a, an artist would have been quite, quite highly uh, thought after you know certainly in the times of kings and queens you know the, the royal artist was the as a pretty high opposition, so that does suggest there's a bit of sort of subservience, and maybe that the typical, you know, model artist relationship, which was typically even up to quite recently quite a kind of you know, Vermeer. You know, look at the, the the film. You know, they suggested that was a very highly sexualized and almost a little bit of a dodgy relationship in terms of his power and control over her and you know the fact she loved him and I guess he loved her but you know that, well, that's, that's the story but yeah hopefully uh, again I'm not I want to stay clear of that sort of thing much higher and faster than you've ever flown before so how can people see your work where are you showing where are you online yeah um well, my gallery is the, uh, the Albemarle Gallery in London, who have recently changed to the Pontoni Gallery, but the Albemarle still exists as a, as a thing. Um, so, yeah, their website, the Albemarle Gallery, 
Studios.com, I guess. Uh, and we've got open studios once a year at, at these studios here. Where it's normally in June, where we all put our work up. So there's about 40 of us in the studio who um, all get to show our recent work. So that's another time in Bristol to come along. Uh, I've got an Instagram page. So Philip Munoz, artist. Yeah, that, I do regular updates there of uh, works in progress. I think it's more interesting to see works in progress because if you just show the finished painting, firstly people are going to confuse it for a photo because they often go, well, the whole, is that a photo? Is that a painting? I can't believe it. Which is great. It's a compliment. It's, it's nice. But You're going to take a photo of your painting yeah. and sat on an easel. Well, yeah. Rather, yeah, or do that or just or show the, the process. So show the, the midpoint where you're doing the sketch, the painting sketch first and then the layers of paint you put on. So to show that progression, I think it's far more interesting for people to look at than just to show, oh, this is a painting I did last month. You know, look, you know, look at it. Have you got any any future projects that you're working on at the moment? Uh, uh, less of the portraits, more of these street scenes, uh, the sort of captured moments. Certainly, these nighttime ones. I've started a few ones where you're you're looking at a scene where there's lights and you know cars going by and people going by. So there. That's the new series that I'm really going to focus on. All right. Well, thank you very much for talking to me. Yeah, no problem. <laughs>